This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre Market Prep. Country Israel, as always. Here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick on the show today. A lot of ratings. Uh, I guess we know we know what the analysts were doing over the weekend because we got a lot of big ratings to discuss this morning. Uh, Roku got a big one. Splunk got a big one. A few others as well. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the biggest earnings reports that we're looking forward to this week. Not a ton in terms of quantity. But in terms of quality, there are some big names reporting. Some we'll go through, uh, run through our favorites or the ones we're most looking forward to. Our guest today, Anne Marie Band, she would join us at 8:15. She is from thetradingbook.com. Uh, Joel, how was your uh, holiday weekend? And tell us how we're doing here overnight. Uh, you can't, say, you can't say as always. You you weren't here on Friday. That's true. I was not. You were not. Did you have a good trip in Jersey? I did. Yes, I did. All right. Glad to have you back here at the world headquarters of Benzinga. Uh, trading in the green, not as much as we were earlier. Uh, we sprinted to 31.58 overnight. That's three points over that all-time high that was made on Wednesday and Thursday. We're 10 points off that. That's going to be your target on the upside, folks. For those of you that want to see 3,200 this week, that's what you got to take out. On the downside, Found support right near the close. Close of 43.75. Our pre-market low is 44 and a quarter. I'm not looking until any any major downside until we take out Friday's low at 31.39.50. We have crude in the green here by a buck 13 at 56.30. Gold in the red by 7.90 at 14.64.80. Silver back under 17, down 12.6 cents. And Bitcoin. Couldn't really muster much of a rally over the long weekend here. Down $435. The futures are at $7,365. Triple D, it seems like uh, I haven't seen or talked to you in days. It's been a couple days. (laughs) It hasn't been that long. (laughs) Anyways, bad hair indicator fully on here. Um, So I don't know what that means. I know we had our analyst there in the chat there analyzing what it means. It's like the Greenspan indicator. The bad hair indicator is on. I'm having a horrible day. day. Running late here again. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting older. It's just sleeping in. I don't know what it is. But maybe it's a two-year-old that's just taxing on you. But anyways, I'm ready to go now. Shave it all off. Why don't you just go? Let's go bald. And then I would never have a bad hair day again. That's an excellent idea there, Joel. Yeah. It's an excellent idea. My kids would look at me kind of funny, but all right. maybe, so, I, maybe I look good with no hair. So it's the first day, uh, first trading day of December, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, last month of the year, we all remember what happened last year in December. It wasn't fun. 
Well, let's see how we're starting out. We're starting out in the green here, going into the final month of the year. We have some – the analysts, we know what the analysts were doing. Right after they got up from the table on Thanksgiving, they went went and did some work. Do you want to start with uh, – want to start some with some big analyst moves? Let's do it. Oh, that was to me. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we've got a number of interesting ratings this morning. Let's go start with the upgrades here. Let's Begin start with the big one. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you. we got to start with the big one, and that's uh, the downgrade. Oh, is that downgrade? Okay, that's Roku. Roku. So big downgrade this morning from Morgan Stanley to, uh, on Roku, downgrading it to underweight, giving it a $110 price target. This is a bold, bold, bold call. Um and it's concerning here on the chart for two reasons. They timed this kind of perfectly because we've had the incredible run-up in the last three weeks. We know that was off of Disney Plus numbers, and this, this is the direct play on streaming that everybody is playing. It did not make a new high on the move, which is always concerning. Second thing is the candle from two days ago kind of had a little bit of a reversal, and then we were just sitting here perched right around the 160 while you were going to cascade through the entire 150 handle, you're trading the 149 handle now, um, down over 10 bucks on the downgrade. If you think it's overdone, it's not very often that an analyst comes out with a sell on a widely followed stock and gives a price target substantially below where the stock is currently trading you know, over, over the tune of 33% lower. So I think now, obviously, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020, but all rallies to be sold in Roku. We were nervous about the rally, you know, petering out. This is just going to stop it in its tracks, I believe. I do not think this is a dip to buy. Uh, you're reading the uh, the YouTube chat without even uh, without even going into it. What's going on in the YouTube chat? Easy Mike ET says, "Hope stock, hope uh, Roku rebounds." Anthony Jr. Roku question mark question mark question mark buy the dip question mark question mark question mark. So, so it's down 10 bucks, 11 bucks. Sometimes you get a little bit of, you know, the buy the dippers come in, bring up to 153, 154, potent, just setting up what could potentially happen, scenario analysis. This gets up to 154, 155. There's going to be a lot of people looking to ring the register. So I would say bounces are to be sold now in Roku. Do I want to sell it down 11 if I owned it? I, I hate selling in the hole that far. I'd but what if you owned bounce, it? But I don't know if you get it. Like, I mean, look back, you know, when we had in September, if you were trying to sell a bounce, you never got a bounce for 40 points almost. Now, I don't think this isn't going to fall like it did in September, but this is going to cool off the story significantly for the near future. So I think 154, 155, I'd be a seller now. I'm not sure I'm selling it at 149. I don't own any stock, though, so I'm, and I'm happy I don't own it. Yeah, but if you owned it at like 115 or 120. Maybe you lock 30, it in and, 40, and instead of yeah. trying to save the five bucks. I mean, there's all those considerations as well. Ten points is an extreme move. There is the buy the dip mentality out there. That is what is going to help it. But there's also a lot of people who are in this for momentum. That momentum is going to clearly break on the chart here this morning. And we know valuation doesn't make any sense and never did. This is a story stock. And the story... It's going to cool off with this. It's, it's, I'm not saying the story is broken. I'm not at all. And we said that. That's why we, we liked it back in October when it was at $102, because we thought the story could get hot again. It did. Story got hot again. The story's been hot really for two months. Even on the disappointing earnings, it took a, a whole three days to get it back. Now the story, I believe, cools because this is the first time we've had an analyst, which is very significant. It's not even it's Morgan Stanley. So this is you know, one of the big tier analysts here, downgrading to sell. This is going to get some press on the street. This is going to be on CNBC multiple times. All day. It will be on all day, basically. It, it's, it, it's a storied stock. It's already traded 500,000 shares. It's going to spook it. 
So is you know is the story over? I don't think the story is over here yet, but I think it needs some cooling off. It's been a ridiculous move. I mean, put it in perspective. Two weeks went from 120 to 165. What do you want? You know, that's a huge move on a disappointing earnings report. All off of Disney Plus. I mean, it really took off off Disney Plus. And it had been stalling the last two or three days. So I guess two days ago, and I don't know if we looked at the chart in the last couple of days. I wish I would have saw it. But really that day that we opened up at 167, went up to 168, and then closed near the lows, that was the day that says, hey, we got some sellers all of a sudden. Yesterday, a little quiet on Friday, a little quiet Thanksgiving Day trade. You know, not much happening there. Just kind of an inside day. Was it an inside day? Slight, slightly inside day, just sitting there. And now all of a sudden you get the, the rating comes out on the Monday, and it's not good. Yeah, you mentioned that day, and then look at that. You probably had a lot of people leaning on 157.50. Like, okay, I'm going to – that double bottom there, if it hits that during the regular session, I'm out. I would have loved to hit it going through that area. But that's history. You are trading on the lows of the pre-market session. So one thing is to keep an eye on that, that close at 9.29 and 59 seconds. Right now, your, your hope on the daily chart is a low from uh, – November 18th at 147.51 to hold. And then that would be, you know, bounce off a daily low. The problem with that is that uh, a low below that is at 141. So I think you lose 147.5. You see 141. Then you have another another day at 133. So I'll, I'll use that. I'll say stopgap. If you're trying to buy this here, use that 147.50. If not, I think this could easily see 141. I would not be buying this dip. I think you could get a three or four point bounce, but the risk reward doesn't set up to buy this dip. There's just not much in here. It's had too much of a move. I do like it better where you're talking. You know, you get down to 140, 133, maybe it gets more interesting. Again, though, the story here is this is just a story stock. It's not like a value play, in my opinion. I think eventually, longer term, the stock is under $100. So it's not like I'm going to stick Roku in my invest portfolio and it's going to be, you know, a $500 stock. I do not see that happening. It's just my opinion, but I do not see that happening. Um, I, I just think it, I, this, the momentum guys are all in there and they were thinking about getting out. Maybe if they were trading on Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving, they did get out. But now you get this ugly candle that's going to be here. Momentum guys are going to be really spooked. And just look at the people that, let's say, have bought this over the last six sessions. You know, above 150, you know, you caught in at 150, 151. This is back in, uh, you know, mid-November. You're sitting on some profits here at 160. All those people are just, you know, they want out. Those new longs are going to want out. So now that you've distanced yourself from the high, man, you're going to get that, you know, the overhead supply here. So not sure how much the Roku is going to go down today. I'd be, you know, really licking my chops if it could get down to 141.19. Uh, but we'll see how, how it reacts today. Uh, we got a comment in the chat here. It says, the story have been broken forever. This is from uh, Ivan. Every major TV brand has a built-in software that doesn't require a Roku stick. This is the long-term story. I completely agree with this. I mean, as the TVs and new TVs come in, I, I said this story. I, I bought a Roku stick because my older TV, but my other one has the capabilities to stream. So this is the story. This is why Roku, and it's, I, the one thing you got going for it is going to be a lot of Roku bought over the season, over the holidays here too. And the Disney Plus helped it too. I was a direct, you know, um, an, an example here. Yeah. I went out, I got Disney Plus. I had one TV that couldn't stream it. I went out and bought a Roku stick for 39 bucks and it solved the problems. Awesome. 
But you're exactly right. What happens when all this technology is built on the TV? You don't need Roku. That's why I don't believe that this is, you know, a $500 stock in the long term. The story is still, I wouldn't say the story is broken. It wasn't broken back in September. I don't know if it's broken here now, but it needs to cool off. It's been a ridiculous run here. This is going to cool it off substantially just overnight because you have a big analyst move. And a lot of times we see this analyst comes out of the blue country and call because the stock's been going up. Comes out with a big sell rating, and that's a, that's the short term top, or even even the overall and the long term top. So I I would be a seller of rally, of rallies in Roku. That's do they say have anything else? I mean, do they besides this Roku stick? Well, so, they... some of this tech that's built into the TVs is Roku technology. And there you go. If that's the case, but I'm not sure that the smart TV I have, I don't see anything said about Roku on mine. Okay. So I don't it, think it, I would think if my it. Roku my smart TV had Roku technology in it, I would think that it would say you Roku know. somewhere, and it does not. You would know it would say yeah. Right. So there are smart TVs that don't have that too. So maybe right. that's the way they got to go. Get in all the new smart TVs. Get you know figure that out. But as of right now, I think Joel to answer your question, it's kind of like a one trick pony. This is how you stream if you couldn't stream before on your TV. But you know, then they might need to come up with some more tricks. Texas Linda's mentioning Cyber Monday. Don't we think Roku will be in the news? Yeah, that's kind of like after the fact news. I think this Morgan Stanley downgrade, perfect timing after the stock has made a major run. Yeah, I think it's good timing I, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, people are – I mean, it's a good call. We love contrarian calls. We love when – Bold call. Yeah, it's a bold call. And this guy's going against the grain of the market. And if the bulls want to jam it down their throat, they're going to have an opportunity to, you know, close this thing at uh, – Let's see, unchanged. I mean, if it went unchanged today, that'd be a major victory at 160.37. I don't see that happening. Let's just talk, you know, the technical, just the technicals and ignore all that is that it did not make a new high on this move. This 10 point drop is going to kill this, the short term trend. So on this recent trend, it looks like it is not going to make a new top. That is concerning to a technician as well. And that's why I think you get up this to one, maybe you get some buy the dippers come in, bring it up to 154, 155. I think you get the hell out. That's my opinion. I think the easy money has been made in Roku. I'm not shorting it. The story could get hot again. You do have the season. I agree. You know, there's been a lot of Roku sticks sold over November, December. So maybe they can come up with some really good numbers. We just heard from them. We just heard from them in November. So we're not going to hear really from their numbers here for another two months. So I think the story is cooled off. But, you know, if it finds a bottom somewhere again, just like it did back in October, Maybe we get interested, but I want to see it start to form a bottom again. I'm not just going to come in blind and buy down 10 thinking it's going to go back up. You know, Because every time yep. I try to call a bottom like that, think about even on this show, how many times I still do it. I say don't do it, and then I do it. I usually lose money. So when you come in here and you buy these stocks that are you know down 10 points on, that's often a case where you can lose money. I mean, this might be the exception. Maybe the story is just hot enough that they buy it back up. I don't think so. Try this. When do you think the last downgrade to Roku was? It's been a while. There you go. And this is important information too. I can't remember. It was July. July 2nd, RBC downgrade to neutral sector perform. So we have a number of... When's the last time it was downgraded to sell? Right. Okay. So we have an initiated at a sell uh, pivotal in September. As far as a downgrade to sell, you have to go all the way back to April. April Citigroup downgraded Roku to sell. So you've got over seven months. The analysts are almost all bullish on this thing or leaning that way one way or the other. Yep. Um, what happens if this turns the tide and then they all just sort of follow Morgan's lead here. But you there you go. A lot of initiated at buys, outperforms. I see even some neutrals. Very, very few sells, underweights. 
Morgan's not the only one, but they're the first to really come out in quite a while to 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 make this call. So, and uh, just also technically, I mean, because you you had the the low under a hundred, like ninety eight. I mean, your still major retracement is uh, you know basically seventy eight points. So let's call that forty. So still one forty. You know, even though because I think if you start doing the fifty percent of the last move, you start to chop things up. But it did spend much time at that 145, 150 area. I think best case scenario, I see a daily low in there. You come in down to 140, you hold for a couple days, and then uh, rebound. But uh, there it is. That, that nice setup for Roku. And Dennis, do we have a, do we have a good chat here? Uh, top buyer, why is the TLT down so much pre-market? That's always moving just along with yields. So you look here, and obviously you got the 20-year and – they're down two bucks. So I don't even care why the TLT is down. What I care is what does that mean for other stocks? And this is where, you know, we talk in New York about relationships. This is one of the most important things to watch if you are a trader and especially an inefficiency trader is the TLT because this gives you an indicator for so many different sectors. And the one sector gives you the indicator the most is the banks. When the TLT is down significantly, the banks are going to be relatively strong. That's obviously just the play on rates. And JP Morgan, if we look this morning, is trading up, you know, 50 cents. We got Goldman trading up over a buck. Market has given back most of the gains almost flat. Here. Yeah, you noticed but, that? Yeah, we've been leaking there, but the banks are relatively strong. And for good reason. A TLT is down two bucks. So the banks are going to be a source of strength here as long as the TLT remains that weak. What else does that mean? It means utilities probably going to be significantly in the red. It means, you know, some of your REITs are probably going to be significantly in the red. Some of your higher dividend stocks can sometimes be in the red because they trade more like bonds. Think about all that stuff. TLT is very important to watch. It's a huge move. We have not had a big move in the TLT in a while. So this is going to get some press too. Two things are going to get major press here today, the Roku downgrade and the TLT move because this is significant for, you know, for a lot of different sectors. Let's get thoughts here from our guest today, Anne-Marie Band. She runs uh, the tradingbook.com, joins our show periodically. Anne-Marie, good morning. Good morning. Um, not sure what's going on with your webcam there, but you're here regardless. Um, that's, oh, that's a fun happened. webcam. Something psychedelic. Oh yeah, you got something. That's like, oh, I'm the... like seeing like through your wall or something. It's like you know an what? X-ray. It looks like it is black cloud. It's got a picture of me on the back and then the video in the front. See? Oh, oh man! Yes. Oh, there's two Anne-Marie's. <laughs> oh, there's two Anne-Marie's. This is fun. This I is fun. I shouldn't have taken that acid before I double the. Joel, <laughs> <laughs> we do not promote drugs on this show. <laughs> Anne Marie, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Um, we have been staring at these numbers this morning. Chicago, not Chicago. China PMI got that boost, and that's what got what's got the TLT really. There you go rolling right over and then the european numbers came in a little bit better than they expected and so they're looking at some kind of bottoming and so the big fight between hey are we in a recession are we not in a recession what's really going on that sort of argument is up and running but i don't even know why they're arguing about it it doesn't even matter it means nothing really in terms of the big picture. So we just talked about the TLT and I was, you know, saying how I trade, you know, the banks off of the utilities, the REITs off it. How's what's Amory when you see the TLT down significantly, like down two bucks, this is like one of its biggest down moves in the last few months. Um, 
what, what, what does that mean to you when you're trading? For me, I will look at the dollar and then I will go immediately to gold. And so, because gold is one of my favorite vehicles. And so what I am anticipating is that we have another really good washout in gold, you know, so I'm looking for the trade where everybody just pitches in the towel and says, you know, everybody's telling us gold is going to X and it's really not going to go to X at all. And so my thought is, hey, let it wash out. So I'll watch the TLT drift off. I'll go take a look at um, the dollar, see where it's at, and then stare down gold and start looking at those sorts of things. And you can also look at things that are, you know, a little bit dollar impacted from that space. So that's that's really what I like to do. Uh, what I'm thinking here too, and just, uh, you know, you got the jobs number on Friday. That's right? right. So, I mean, it's a little bit early to do some jockeying here. I mean, just my first indication, you know, with CNS is that, you know, someone's nervous about a, a weak number and that the Fed is going to have to make another move, perhaps today, because the economy is doing so bad, according to our president. And I don't think that's the case. I think we're going to probably have a pretty good jobs number. I don't think you're going to see another interest rate rate hike for, you know, this year, maybe into the first quarter of next year. Uh, so this is, this move is a little bit surprising to me that they're, they're hitting this. Your thoughts on that? I agree with that line of reasoning completely, Joel. It's, we are very likely to have a good number and irrespective of that number I really suspect that the Fed has sort of stuck their feet down and said, hey, we're going to hold pat. We're not going to do anything right now. And remember, our, uh, our current Fed chair is uh, very concerned about things that he thinks that he think he thinks looks remotely inflationary. And so this sort of dip is just, it's just a little bit of noise, I think. And that really is what we have to step back from. If we are looking at these whipsaws and we're seeing a few of them in gold and the TLT and and these things sort of bounce back and forth, step back and take a look at your weekly charts for these big movers. Take a look at what weekly gold is doing. Take a look at what weekly TLT is doing. And you'll notice that they're sort of flattening out and stabilizing a little bit. And so these whips, these dips down might end up giving us a few buyers. They might end end up selling a little bit more and then flattening out. But really, we are still at very low levels in the VIX. We saw it bounce a little bit last week and then sort of come off the edges, but there's still it's still very, very low. And so this element of, you know, the biggest article was, hey, somebody's really betting that the VIX is going to spike. I think it was uh, Ray Dalio's Bridgewater Capital. They're making a huge bet that volatility is going to spike a little. But I mean, the word huge with uh, Ray Dalio is, 
I mean, that would be like everything he does has to be huge, even if he's just hedging a current portfolio. So, you know, there's really there's nothing that we can say here definitively. Let's watch it for the week. Let's see what happens as it gets closer to Wednesday, Thursday, see if they flatten out a little bit. And then, you know, we're going to have some kind of knee jerk reaction on Friday and then we'll reset again. The big thing is in this kind of environment where there's so many things going on, it's really slow is fast. So you step back, you look at the whipsaws and you say, wait a second, in the big picture, how does this matter? If I'm trading in the short term, what are the ranges that I need to consider? And then from those ranges say, okay, is it feasible for me to get involved here? Can I make money in the quick shift from A to B? If you're thinking about directional motion just coming right off of any of these big dips, it's probably a place for you to step back and go, wait a second, let me reevaluate what it is I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is a big market breakout, but it's a grinding breakout. So I have pullbacks that allows me to wait on those elements. The cautious and patient trader is winning right now. What the, is, Amory, the, let me interrupt mm -hmm. you here for yeah, a second. Sure, sure. So you have, um, you have Tom DeMarc going on Bloomberg here saying, uh, uh -huh. we, got a, we got a top in here. We're going down 5%. Uh, you got a lot of people in the back of your mind go, man, you remember last December here? So get a, and I, I know what I would be looking at. If you wanted to set up a swing short here, how would you set it up? And I, for me, it'd be pretty easy. You know, taking a short through uh, through the low on Friday at 39.50 and then using this high that they made last night as a top. So because they got to give yourself some room. If we're turned, if we've hit a short-term top, set us up a short trade here in the S&P 500 futures. Okay, so I like the bottom edge for that. What I would say is the following. Because we have uh, portfolio managers who are still performing underneath the S&P and they're missing their benchmarks, they are looking for yield. And so that's why we've seen these monumental moves in places like healthcare. Um, that's one of them that's just been those biotechs and healthcare, particularly the ETFs, have just been screaming higher. Um, so they're going places to capture yield and moving in very short timeframes. What that makes them do then is go to the SPX as it pulls back to say, all right, everything's super bullish. I don't want to buy at the top, but if it's got a little bit of pullback, I'm going to buy at the bottom and I'm going to take it to the prior high. And then if it looks a little squirrely, I'll take the majority off. And so they are literally using their algorithms to trade around the position moving to the upside, buying on the dips, taking half of it when it gets to the prior high, letting it expand a little more, taking a little bit more there, and then watching it pull back and then doing the same thing over and over again. So in order to call the top without going <laughs> like that, testing where the wind is blowing, the better thing to do is to watch it bounce see how it does at the topping formation. Mm -hmm. And then when it pulls, when it begins to pull back, take the short 
on that rejection of 3155, 3154, and then did I just lose you? No, you're still here. Oh, we're good. Okay, sorry. You um, sound to me, Marie, like you're not going with Joel's uh, call the top thesis here, potentially. Well, you're, trying to set it, you're trying to set it up. It looks like you're scrambling a bit to set up his short thesis. No, no. What is your thought? That's thoughts not true. Here? My okay. thought is that I won't take a short that's got a 20-point stop in the, in the, in the ES. Okay. That's too big for me. Okay. And so the way I do it if I agree with that, I'll say, hey, let me look at that last high. When it comes in there, I'm going to go directly to price and time and sales, and I'm going to see what kinds of orders start piling in there. If they're big, there's going to be something to be said there. If they're little, then I'm going to look for the nearest uh, higher high that's been not broken and so we've had i don't know 3157 or something i would go to 3155 3154 and i'll see how they pile in there because my goal is to get in at the beginning with only a four or five point stop so that i can begin to add into that position if it looks viable i don't want to get in and have a 20 point stop that's just a really bad way to start a week for me, right? If, I mean, trading to eat, that's a big drawdown for me. I don't like managing like that. So I'd rather look for a failed test of resistance and see, okay, can I take that first into frontline support? And if support fails, I go, okay, great. Let me watch for the next failed time I come into 31.44 because the weekly close is going to be the big number. How we closed Friday is going to be that number that the traders watch and watches come into. And there's going to be about a six-point uh, edge there. So it'll come down into maybe 3139, 3138, that same number. So I like Joel's numbers. I like the idea of that short. I'm just not going to do it unless I've got a tremendous amount of good feeling that it's going to break down. And the only way I can see that is if I see sellers coming in and there's a lot of supply sitting at the top. You know, I think the only way we break down, I think it's a possibility, um, is if we get a headline there where China retaliates for what was done with the protesters last week. We've seen a little bit, you know, over the weekend, we saw a couple minor headlines there, but nothing serious here yet. It sounds like they're still trying to work out a deal and they're yeah. negotiating here. But, you know, there are some wild cards. The tariffs are coming in middle of the month here. You know, what's going to happen there? They do not want them. They want them to not only not put on the new tariffs, they want them to scale them back. So we still got a ways to go here. Obviously, that's going to be a catalyst the only thing is recently in the market in the last month every time we get a little bit of a negative china headline the dip just gets bought so and, it's going to take like a major headline exactly. to really bring us down so it, i think you're i think you know if you're looking to short it here my opinion is you're still fighting trend yes and 100%. i don't want to be short fighting trend i want to wait till i see a significant breakdown kind of like Anne Marie is saying and then maybe a relief rally into that as opposed yeah. to just trying to call a top when we just seem to go up every yeah. single day. Yes, agreed. And again, we've got a catalyst for why we're moving up. We've got all these portfolio managers where every single bonus that they get 
is going to be tied to how well their portfolios are doing and many of them are underperforming the benchmark. And the only way to fix that is by buying these dips and finding yield like that. All right, Anne-Marie Band is from thetradingbook.com. Anne-Marie, thanks so much for the time today and I uh, hope you had a great holiday and have a good one. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. All right. Hey, thank you a lot, Amory. 8.32 here. Uh, Joel, things... We're leaking a little bit. Uh, just a tad here. Uh, yeah. We're still up a half, a half a handle. 31, 44 and a quarter. And we're 14 points off the high here. And uh, so I don't know. I'll use that That close as a good number, too. Friday's close, 31, 43.75. We're holding there in support right now. So... I mean, I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted maybe to try short if, you know, we, we can't stay green here. I mean, that's where it is. And after Friday's low, folks, after that uh, 39.50, I think things really opened up to 3,100. I just, uh, you know, wait, wait to see what the market tells you. But, man, 14 points off that high makes you plus two daily highs right there at 31.55. I don't know. I'm as bearish as I've been in uh, – well, really, though, like, why? I don't understand the bearish thesis. And I want to get bearish, Joel. I seriously want to get bearish. I, I think there's headline risk here. I'm trying to find a way to get bearish. I, what are you seeing in the technicals? I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. You're just looking. I get your December argument. Everybody got spooked last year. They're going to do the same thing. But what is a different market? What, what, why? Why bearish here? Triple top. We got triple top. What is it? I don't see it. Well, and uh, it. If the S&Ps don't make a new high today, which I don't think they are, at 3158, yeah. you, have, you have your daily high uh, from Wednesday at 3155. You match that number exactly on Friday at 3155. And then with not much volume overnight, they take it up to 3158. So you got a level. That's, and, and that's, that's one that's thing. You it. got something that you're trying to lean on here. Now we're okay. So thirty-one fifty-five. So that's equivalent of three fifteen and change in the spot in the spy. So you're looking at that three fifteen forty-eight. Yeah. So you're about a buck off it right now. Now the question is, do you hope for a little relief pop to get up to like three fifteen and then initiate your short then, and then you're only risking fifty cents off that high, or do you initiate it now, saying we're going to go red? I'm just going to risk a buck. No, I, if you're setting up, we're just trying to set up a potential exactly. short here. I'm not on board with this, but I'm I'm trying to fill you out here. Okay, you had one. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at it from the technical perspective. You had one, I, uh, one, two, three, four, uh, four all-time closing highs in a row, and then you backed off on Friday. So the your all-time closing high is right up there at fifty-one, fifty, thirty-one, fifty-three, seventy-five. That was on Wednesday. And then you have the other highs up there. So, you know, if we take that out, you know, if we rally today and we close above 3160, then the trade is off. It just seems you get a lot of numbers. You get the Friday high, which is also the high, you know, was the high for last week. It's just an area of importance to me. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, and something. And, and here, if I do it, if you do take a swing, sure, you're, you're leaning, you're, you're only leaning, you know, 14 points if you're going to use a stop at that level. So. We'll see what you happens. can put on any trade as long as you have an out. Joel has defined a very good out for you. So I don't mind the setup. I don't mind the setup. I don't know if I agree with that. I think you could get stopped out on it. Uh, but again, there is headline risk that here too. Like and I will tell you, so I'm not fully, I lightened up a little bit on my swing longs there on Friday because I was nervous that there could be some type of China retaliation over the weekend. There really wasn't. 
Uh, but I lightened up. So I'm only long now two stocks on swings. I lighten up the other two. So I had four long swings going. Well, obviously, my long-term investment portfolio, I just stick with that. I, you know, I've learned that you know, I do best when I just stick with that. I do adjustments in there. But for the most part, that's not something. But I had four long swings on. And you know, they've all done fairly well. They've had a pretty good run. And I'm just nervous that all of a sudden, China headline comes out and boom, all my profits are gone from my swing longs. So I sold two of them. I have two long swing longs left on. I'll throw this out here just for debate. And I, I know you won't take it. But um, I become, what am I down? Two steak dinners because I paid you one? Yeah, no, I'm not taking any bets because I'm torn here. You have me on the fence. Ah! I want to get short. I want to be bearish this market. I just can't see. Yeah, I can argue your little triple top thing maybe right now. <laughs> you know, it's a nice setup. It's not a bad setup. You know, you've got your out. You defined your risk. That's all trading is about. You can put on any trade. Doesn't matter even if you're right or wrong. It's all about, you know, your risk and, you know, where, defining that risk. What is going to make you successful in the long run is trading is not what you make, it's what you lose. It's a nice setup. You can lean out for a buck. And I'm getting that look and, you know, all of a sudden a headline breaks from China or something negative happens yep. and we fall significantly, you'll be happy to put on that trade. But I don't know if that's happening. It didn't happen over the weekend. I thought it might happen. I came in a little bit short today because I thought it might happen. Nothing happened really over the weekend, nothing significantly anyways. So now I think we're kind of, you know, getting towards the 15th, the deadline with the tariffs. So you got maybe a week or two where you could still climb here. So I'm staying market neutral right now is what we'll say. Because I would very comfortably go, um, you know, 40 points up, you know, 88, 75. You're still trying to get me in a bet. There's, I'm almost <laughs> on your side, so there's definitely no bet here. I'm not okay. convicted long there's definitely not a conviction long okay. i'm not willing to sell everything out right now though I'm that's what i'll say because i see still a serious uptrend here i, I see told. seasonality helping this trade i know last year and you gave the argument that december was ugly it was a different animal people were spooked we were weak coming into december and if you, and you can go back and you can see that on, on the weeklies obviously you know it's, we topped out in november and well actually we topped out in october but we continued to leak we were weak coming in november november just cascaded all the way down it's a different setup here I don't see the nervousness. I mean, things can change on a dime. Like I said, headline breaks. China says, okay, that's it. No deal. You'll see this market crater in a hurry. But I don't know if I see that happening. Um, it could right. happen. That's the wild card. And, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously, cautiously long here. Right and now. I'm not and I'm full fully invested here not taking any long-term money so there you go too you're just looking for a trade so holding on some swing trades long too you're still long so you're yeah you're talking bearish but you're still a little bit long too you have to be and the market just goes up all the time i know it's so hard it's just i mean every time you want it and and this is this is goes to say too you know you can be the peter shifts of the world and you know there's obviously a lot of perma bears out there um you know we've had you know there's and lots of people with different opinions but I mean, it seems like, at least in the last 10 years, every time you try, and, and Peter Schiff makes a lot of sense. I've read his books. I mean, fundamentally speaking, you think about a lot of his arguments, they make a lot of sense. He's a very good speaker. I don't know if there's anybody can argue better than Peter Schiff. But, you know, you look at it and calling for, you know, a serious market decline for a long time, and we've just continued higher. So, you know, some of the stuff makes a lot of sense that he talks about, but I look here and, you know, the market the just price. drug all those long-term worries <laughs> off. So it's hard to really get on board with the, you know, that this we're, we're going to roll over and go into a serious recession. All we heard back in October was the inverted yield curve. Every time the yield curve inverts, this leads to a recession. 
and the whole market, you know, got spooked to them for a couple of weeks there, and you know, we went down, you know, five percent. What happens? They come right back and buy it up. And you know what Amory was talking about? You got money managers that are seriously underinvested here. Then you know maybe from the from the inverted yield curve, they were like, okay, this is going to be the top now. We have all the statistics proving that the inverted yield curve always leads to recession. <laughs> I'm lightening up. All those money managers were wrong. They were wrong in the short term because you know what's happened? We went up 10% since then. They are all on the wrong side of the trade. Your typical recession stocks go down 20%. So they may be banking hoping, you know, the people who are the, the, and touting the whole inverted yield curve are hoping for a 20% market decline. Well, you just got 10% rally in your face. <laughs> so you're caught. They're caught short or they're caught not long enough. And that's why every single dip gets bought. And that's why it's very hard to get bearish when the market made a new all-time high two days ago. So I'm not on board with being fully bearish here, but it has been a good run. It has been a good move. There is reason to think that we could get a negative headline from China, which is why I think if you're long, maybe you lighten up a little bit. And that's why I lighten up a little bit, still cautiously long. All right, let's get back to the ratings here because uh, there are a few other ones of note. We talked about Roku before Anne-Marie. Another big downgrade this morning, Biogen. I just There we go. Biogen downgrade at Baird to underperform, giving it a $250 price target, BIIB. Well, it must be. They must think the drug's no good. I mean, there's no reason under, you know, to go down and downgrade this when we're still going to get data. So if you think that the drug isn't going to work, obviously we're talking about the Alzheimer's drug. I can never pronounce it. If you want to try to pronounce it, Spencer, go ahead. But uh, I'm all name about it once, or whatever. I got it once and I'm not. You did it well. I did it, I did it well one time. <laughs> so I, I'm long Biogen still, long-term portfolio. I bought it 47 bucks a decade ago. I'm going to stick with what I have in that. Um, I do believe that there is a very significant risk that the drug is not going to get passed. And then the stock is back down at 220, 230. So if I'm bared, I'm downgraded, I'm making that bull call. Why not put your target at 220? Because that's where it was before. 250 is in the middle of nowhere. If you're going to be bearish, be bearish. So, and if you think the drug's not going to work, because if for whatever reason they come out and they do not, they say, okay, no go on the drug. You know, we're talking obviously oh, FDA. Then the stock's back at 220. So I think they're wrong. I think the price target is too high in that case scenario. If the drug gets passed, the stock's be four hundred dollars, maybe even higher. So I do not think it's going to get passed. I think eventually it does come back to down to two twenty two thirty. I'm willing to take it down to there because I'm in it for so long. But it, it, we don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it can get passed. I mean, obviously Biogen thinks they can get it through. That's why they brought it back on the table. But there's a lot of you know potentially good news priced in here. There's seventy points of downside when if that drug doesn't get approved. Technically speaking, I mean, it, it's in a no man's land, right? Because you got this gap area. So whatever technicals I give you on this, it's all going to be determined by the uh, – What do we have a date on that? Oh. We're supposed to get more data in this – are we supposed to get I, something? I thought it was, we don't have a date on I that, actually. January, but um, I don't know. I, let me look for a date right now. I yeah, because I would be – I mean, I'm sure that – I'm sure the options aren't going to give you any kind of protection if you're looking for, you know, some kind of out on that. But um, technically speaking here, you are just trading on the lows of the pre-market session, 292. You had a big green bar, and the bottom of that green bar uh, started at 288.32. So if you're looking for a bounce here, down another four bucks, that was a big bar. Not sure there's going to be a lot of bids until you get down to that area. So that's, uh, that's potential downside here. Uh, coming back on the upside, closed near the low of the session too. So the close was at 
fill the gap, 99.40. I, I think it's going to be tough for it to get back up there today. So they say they're going to file in early 2020. So that's the only date we got. All right. So it's it's got some time here on its hands. Yeah. I, so I, I'm not sure. You know, sure, they can go downgrade, and I get that. I just don't know why the price yeah, target is 220. Mean- they must I, think not the price, I think the price target is too high. Especially bearish, with the drug that they gave up on, right? Uh, it's going to probably be at 210. If they that drug doesn't get approved, it's probably 210, 220. That's where it's going. And, and in my opinion, if they kill the drug. Because we know. We watch it watch 100. It's probably 100 bucks on the potential. This, it'd be the biggest drug in history if it got approved. Like right. may, maybe maybe the biggest drug in history. So the upside is ridiculously. I mean, it could be $400, $500 if that drug got approved. I don't think it's getting approved. I, if I thought it was getting approved, I'd be long more. But I'm just sticking with what I've had my portfolio for a decade. And what so, was that stock that had the, the the big move last week? Was it KR something? KR. Oh yeah, K- 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 the cry K- when we were in New York. No, no, no. That was, was no. That that was the one you guys owned. That um no oh, no not Chris, not Crystal Biotech. The another one. I don't know which one you're talking about. Right, I can't guys, KPTI. KPTI. Yeah, it's up, it's up again this morning. Cario Farm Therapeutics. Yeah. Okay, it's had a big run too. Ugly Candle Friday though, so um, you know, think about that. That that was a weak close. So now you're you're up here again. Watch out for double top. Just be careful on that one. There's a could be a setup there, Joel. Eighteen seventy was a high on Friday. Um, you're trading eighteen seventy five here right now. So just be careful if you're bullish. This you do not want to see a quick double top in there because that could get back in a hurry. That's not a bad setup. All right, moving on. Uh, there are just a couple more ratings I want to get to. As far a lot of downgrades to sell, Spencer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as downgrades to sell, Wayman James downgrading Wells Fargo to underperform, and Bank of America is downgrading Deer to underperform as well. So those so are third all- downgrade here on a fourth since the disappointing right. earnings report. Right. It right. shrugged right. it off on Friday. It could shrug it off here again. Bank of America does have some pull. Low of the move. I'm just grabbing it for you. 167.05. We're going to cut through that. So you do have some air below here. Uh, but this is more of an, this isn't out of the blue. It's not like Roku out of the blue. This is just right. analyst chasing price. It's, so it's not as significant. Down a buck 70 here in John Deere. If you're looking for a bounce and a fade, then I'd say it will hold its pre market low at uh, 165.34. Nope. 165.52. That's your pre market low. Man, not a lot in here. I don't know. This is tough. This thing's had a big move. I see a daily low at 64.65. So if you want to take a shot there, major support though, if this thing continues the weather, I would be more patient to wait for 160, 161. I see a pair of lows there from October 2nd and October 3rd. Spoos are now unchanged on the session, uh, up a tick, unable to hold those early gains at 14 handles off the pre-market high. You want to get to those upgrades pretty badly, Spencer. I'll let you do that now. Uh, okay, so we've got a pair trade on this morning from Citigroup. They're upgrading Altria MO to buy, and they're downgrading Philip Morris to uh, neutral here. So a pair trade there from City. Uh, on on Altria and Philip Morris. We also have upgrades to the, the big one is probably Splunk. Goldman Sachs upgrading Huge. Splunk this morning to buy, oh, yeah. uh-huh. raising their price target from a 147 to 180. That's probably wow. The okay, watch this one. It's sleepy right now because the market is not cooperating and obviously been leaking some gains here. This stock breaks out over 151.26. It could be off to the races here again. We're obviously 152.68. The Splunkster is fully back on at new all-time highs. It's crazy. His cloud stock story cooled off. 
was not broken at all. Story is hot, hot, hot again. Goldman getting behind it here. We'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, all errors above. I never like these short stocks making new all-time highs. Cloud stocks are all have come back significantly. I mean, CRM was kind of quiet there. Um, it's obviously the leader, but not it doesn't move as much as some of these other ones. But if you look, Twilio is kind of not a bad setup too, Joel. I mean, if you want to look at something that's been sleepy, Twilio obviously disappointed, had you know the $90 support that we talked about. It's kind of trying to find support the 101 area here now. So if you wanted to go long, I mean, you've got to, you know, you had to talk about triple top in the SPY. You got triple bottom here in Twilio. That's to lean on. That's yeah. not a bad setup. You know, so you buy it here. Let's say if you get a 103 this morning, you stop out a 101, risk yourself two bucks, maybe you go to 100, risk depending on your risk tolerance. But it's not a bad setup. Yeah, and on the upside here, you had a gap fill at uh, 105.60. That was from the earnings report. And you got right back up and then, ooh, just, oh, you went to 105.59. So for all intents and purposes, you got a gap fill. So I think instead of trying to buy it here at like 103 and use the 101 stop, I'd like to see this prove to me that they can get above that 105.60 and hold it. Because here you are, you're just getting your losses back <laughs> from earnings uh, with the Splunkster. It is trading up just quietly here, a pretty tight market. Uh, you did hit 153.45, so only 50 cents away. So Goldman made this move on this stock now after the run it's had. A little late to the party. Whew. I don't know. I, I you don't know if I'm coming. As a trade, I'm though, it's it. breaking out. Yeah. I won't argue with you if you're buying it as a trade. Just don't get stuck in it. If I was buying at 152, 153, you absolutely don't want to see this under 150 now. You're chasing it. It's a definition of a chase trade. Sometimes these things can reverse, but it's critical that this now 150 is going to be, you know, it's big psychological level. It's obviously going to open up significantly on the upgrade. You don't want to see this upgrade get faded. That's what you would not want to see. So you want to see follow through if you're, and you might get it. I don't know if you're going to get it or not. Um, I'm not chasing it. I don't like chasing stocks, but um, below 150, I'd be spooked on it. And uh, a lot of time, I mean, uh, you know, Goldman will have this, you know, effect on the stock in the after hours in the pre-market. But sometimes you look at these things at like the end of the day, and uh, you know, you look at this and it closes at 148, and you're kind of scratching your head on that. I'm not saying that's going to happen today, but um, you know, their the effect, you know, the day of the after hours, the pre-market definitely is important. But it all depends. This, I mean. For this and the, the way the mar market's acting today, that's just supposed to do all-time closing high, and that would be above 151. I think that would that would be a good day here for the Splunkster. Uh, let's look, and what Spinner is talking about, something we were talking about a little while ago too, is this week has not a ton of earnings names, but some big names. And this you could call Cloud Week, and you could also call it Retail Week. Some big retailers reporting. There's also some big cloud names reporting. We've got, obviously, Tuesday is going to be huge. We got Salesforce. We got Workday, which I'm long. We got Zscaler. Um, you can jump over if you want to keep going on the cloud theme. We've got OKTA on Thursday. Uh, we got some big, big names coming from cloud here this week. Obviously, the Splunkster is part of that as well. But um, we've been talking about the cloud stocks, and you know, some of them have had nice runs, like Workday. I bought that at once. I can't remember 161, 179. It's around 18 points here in a week and a half. Um, there's definitely a lot of, you know, cloud names that have come back in the favor. There's some buy the dip mentality because a lot of them were weak in October. These are names where portfolio managers have been jumping into in the last week or two. That being said, you're going to come into earnings on some of these stocks of run. Oof. What does that mean to you, Joel? 
that means they're going to move. They'll have a little pre-earnings run if they've been good stocks and uptrends, and then they'll have to, depends on the extent of the rally, see how they, they blow it away with the report. So we'll see. It, it Not a lot of names, but some good names. Um, we got a question here about LRCX. That stock just made a new all-time high and backed off. To me, someone's coming down. They went out of stock at the 271, 272 area. You closed, uh, you know, five bucks off of that. So until this thing gets back above 272, I might yeah. see a little bit. It looks like, okay, I want to sell at 285, 286. Uh, no, I can't do that anymore. Well, I still want to sell on the 270 handle, so I'll target 272. Uh, on the downside here, you don't want to see it fall below that 5195, and then it gets into the earnings gap. But uh, next couple days here for LRCX, really like to see it get above, close above, 272. I don't like that chart at all. Uh, I agree with you. I think below 260, this thing could be at 240. So I'm not a fan of the LRCX setup from the long side. And applied materials obviously trades with this. You could argue right now, well, you got a little cup and handle here. But you would also argue 50%. So an implied materials, why I'm bringing it up is because these two stocks are very much pair traded together by a lot of traders. So $63, move down to 55. That's an eight-point move if you were to rally. Back up there, four points, 58, 59. We got multiple highs, 58 and a half, not far off of that. Five of them. Um, above 59, maybe it gets interesting here. I would say, you know, the last two days, you know, look at the ranges from the last two days, which is very interesting. Almost identical ranges the last two days of trading. It's above 58 and a half. It starts to look okay. Below 57, 70, I get nervous on this one too. That's a hard, that's a hard seller there. They definitely want out. That's somebody wants out a 50 they and a half. Somebody says, give me the hell out of 50 and a half. Uh, I mean, they'll just sell as much as they just like, no, no limit on the order. Just <laughs> Well, it's four days, four tops in the it, same yeah. area. The four tops. What's the, what's the Motown band? The five tops? <laughs> yeah, I said that one time. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Uh, but yeah, they're just like, sell. Sell that area. And then like, he, they, they haven't even one day. Uh, they didn't even let it get over fifty-eight fifty. Uh, four eight forty-five. Big level. Two eight forty. Yeah, eight thirty-nine, eight thirty. Closed up there, so who knows? Strong Could take high. it out. Yeah, I mean, takes out uh, fifty and a half. Starts trading fifty-nine. I think it's going to sixty. So there's just a decent setup to go with the winner here. You go with the winner. Breaks up through fifty and a half. Maybe you get long. Goes down through fifty-seven and a half. Maybe you get short. So that's you know, unless you you know don't. Be one of these. Oh, that was fifty-seven, sixty-five. I'm short. And I just sold. You know, you're gonna get a three-day range the same. So you just got to make sure it's through it. Like when something breaks through by a nickel, I don't consider it breaking through. You're in a nickel world where you know things just quickly trade through and they can come right back. You know, the algo might not even. You know, if there was an institutional algorithm selling there, it might just it can trade through those things temporarily. But you know, you got to give it like fifty cents through the level. I would say that's where you'd be more comfortable. That okay, I think we're through that seller, or okay, we're through that buyer. Did uh, did Peloton get an upgrade? Peloton's is hot. Peloton's hot. I got this one wrong. I mean, I've been wrong, 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 wrong on this one. And obviously, you know, after the earnings report, it was 26 bucks, went down to 22. I didn't like it at 26. I didn't like it at 22. And I've been wrong. It's taken off. It's good. The story is carrying the stock. This is a story stock. Story, hot, hot, hot perfect setups everybody's buying these things christmas you know we're coming into new year's where oh yeah you want to get one of these things because you're gonna have the new year's resolutions coming the seasonality is just carrying the story i do not believe in the long term this thing is going to be 35 dollars. but i would tell you right now the seasonality is carrying the story i would not want to be shorted 
uh, Gene mentioned when I did a podcast podcast with them, he thought that they would come out with like a lower price model and that would help things. And they did. And just for an alert, uh, Lisa wants to get rid. We have a really old bike and a really old treadmill. She wants it out of there and she's thinking about getting a Peloton in there. That's what, uh, that's an alert. So they may be selling one more. I think they're, I think the setup is when do like Peloton, because they're going to have a real good quarter. There's people buying these things. They're going to have a big number. So when do they report their fourth quarter? Like, is it going to be like January or February? Can you look that for us, Spencer? Have they way, announced it yet? Way too soon to know. They have too, we, it's too they, soon. They, they haven't have announced not, it yet. Announced when do they report the last quarter? Because you can just go 90 days from there and get a pretty good so estimate. November 5th was when they reported their last quarter. Yeah, so you're looking out to February, and it's probably going to have a big number. So I, I think they're selling these things. Like, I think they're selling a lot of these things right now. I what don't, I, I kind of agree. And we got somebody in the YouTube chat saying this is going to eventually have a beyond the meat type fall. I agree. This is eventually going to have a beyond the meat type fall. I think you're early though. If you're shorting it here, I think you could be early. The story, once it took out 2627, and if you were short, you needed to get that covered because the story is carrying this right now. Uh, again, I don't think from a valuation perspective, it makes sense. It's hard to value something doesn't even make money. But as the story is hot, it's set up. The ducks are in a row to carry this and, I think there's a lot of people banking it's going to have a big quarter. I think it's going to have a big quarter. So scary to be short, although I do believe eventually this thing is going to have a significant fall. That might come after February, after the earnings announcement. What about, uh, speaking of IPOs here, are you falling for the bottom here in Smile Direct Club? S- I've not looked at that chart in a while. Yeah. Let's yeah. stop going down. Yeah. You got the 10, you're kind of hanging out the big psychological 10 level. I mean, this stock has been an absolute disaster, you know, from 20 to 10 in the better part of a month or a couple months. Got down to below eight. You had a re- big reversal that day when it went, made the 770 low, washed everybody out and then closed up, you know, that day near nine bucks. That was the turning point. So it has turned. Um, that being said, trend is still down. Obviously, stock is still underperformed. There's a lot of overhead supplies. There's lots of issues, reasons why to still not like this. But I'll tell you, it stopped going down. So that's the one good thing. I don't think I'm coming in here because of the, I'm just nervous. I think there's room to 12. I, th- I do think there's room to 12 on this. But at 12, there's this major overhead supply. And you come up from 12 to 8, back to 10. I don't know if, I, if it's going to run to there. But there is room to there. If you take out the highs, where are the highs? 1025, 1008. 1025 the high from Wednesday's trade. We got to knock that Thursday day off because we didn't open there. So I think you take that. I think you got some room, but I'm not that excited about it. Hey, just real quick, new in the YouTube chat, Bill Love is talking about um, Peloton. And he says, market, it loves those uh, subscription models. You know, it, at $39 a month, you got to remember that. Everyone that gets the Peloton, you have to have the subscription. And, is, and look at your, your uh, RH and your your netflix so sure that's one thing i i like i said i wouldn't want i I don't think we talked bearish on it did we just talk i talked bearish on it a month ago and i said i was wrong yeah i said i would not want to be short it now no i I said the long term yeah i i did i said long term i don't know if i believe believe in the story here so story is hot 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 shorting shorting hot stories good way to lose money if someone could put a swimming pool um in my well i guess you can do that i guess i couldn't do it in my bedroom but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the workout bikes were were popular. We'll see. But right now, you can't argue with price here in Peloton. I think oh, a lot of help. So. I, I would not want to be short the stock. 
All right. Not right now, but I think there's going to be a time. There's going to be a setup. I don't. I think you're early. I think if you're shorting it now, I think you're way too early. I, I, in my opinion. And so. I think it is different than Beyond Meat, you know, because Beyond Meat, it was, you know, trying. Well, Beyond Meat was just ridiculous on all replace levels. Replace the hamburger. You know? It was ridiculous on all levels. What did you get to, like $7 billion? So, yeah, it, I guess it's a bad comparison. Like, and, you know, because yeah. somebody in the chat said it's going to have a Beyond Meat type fall. I think it's going to have a significant fall coming in, you know, January. But that could be from 50. I mean, I don't think this is done going higher. So I think you're way early on it. I think I think it could have a significant fall after the new year. But this story, it's just such a setup. I mean, you know, you think about the New Year's resolutions. I just gave the full arguments like I'd be a buyer <laughs> pullbacks on it right now, even though I don't believe in the long-term story here. So that's what I would say. I'm not putting this in my long-term portfolio, but as a trade, the Peloton PTON on pullbacks here, the story could carry it for a while yet. All right, Spencer, back in the saddle here hey, after good to your be back. work weekend in New Jersey. Things went, I'd give myself like a B, B minus, a little few technical problems at the beginning, but not used to running it all on my own, but went pretty well. But uh, certainly glad to have you back in the saddle. Glad to be back. Thanks to, to everyone in our chats for joining us today and as well to our guest, Anne-Marie Band. if you missed any part of our show or you want to hear us again, catch our podcast wherever you get your podcasts or we watch our show on youtube.com slash Benzinga TV. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Tuesday, joined by Nick Shaheen. Have a go. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.